Welcome to We Got Goals, a podcast on which we talk to high achievers about their goals. I'm Kristen Guile. I am the Chief Content Officer at AsweatLife.com. And if you didn't know this already, we are in the fifth season of the We Got Goals podcast. And like anything else that we do, we like to periodically take stock of what we're doing, how we're doing it, and how we could make it even more exciting. So to that end, this is the second episode of season five, and we're still talking to high achievers about their goals, but we're doing it with a little bit of a twist. So we're inviting our listeners, just like you, to get your questions answered in a segment you'll hear later on in this episode. It's called Goals to Go. Uh, So we polled our audience and we asked them to tell us where they're stuck in their goals And we're doing a little bit of matchmaking and bringing on our listeners to talk one-on-one with our guests and get that advice and that connection that they need to really hit their goals running uh, here in 2021. So I've talked a little bit. Let me talk to you a little bit more about who our guests are today. For the main event, we have got Melissa Stockwell, who is a repeat podcast guest, if you've been listening to us for a while. She is an American two-time Paralympic triathlete, swimmer, and former U.S. Army officer. And after competing in the 2008 Summer Paralympics in three swimming events, she returned to the race in the 2016 Paralympic Games and won a bronze medal in the inaugural, in the inaugural, that's always a tough word, (laughs) triathlon event uh, on September 11th, 2016. She's also the co-founder of the Dare to Try Paratriathlon Club. And through that, she's giving other athletes with disabilities a chance to experience the thrill of a triathlon and realize what they are capable of. And Melissa and I are going to talk about some of the big goals she set and achieved uh, in the past and what she's working on now. And then we're going to bring on our listener guest, Sarah Foote, and she's going to get real answers to a real question that she's working through as she pursues a goal, which is specifically doing her first triathlon and eventually an Ironman. I'm out of breath. Melissa, will you say hi to everybody <laughs> and uh, introduce yes. yourself a little bit and tell us uh, maybe what you're doing right now and what you've been up to since we talked to you back in 2018. I know. I can't believe it's been three years. So awesome to be back on the show. Thank you for having me. I love this idea that you have of bringing listeners and, and guests on. So really great to be back. Um, so last time we talked, gosh, I was probably living in... Um, Chicago training for Tokyo 2020. Um, since then, my family and I moved out to Colorado Springs, Colorado. So my two kids who are now, um, geez, six and three, which is crazy. Um, so I could train full time at the Olympic Training Center. And the goal was Tokyo 2020. We moved out here, sort of jumped into full training um, right away. And things were looking good, um, you know, up until I think the whole world or the whole nation and world changed come uh, March 2020. And COVID, um, you know, it shut down the races, it shut down everything. Um, it postponed the Olympics and the Paralympic Games and um, moved it to this year in 2021. So the goal um, never changed. I mean, the goal is still Tokyo um, a year later, so Tokyo 2021. And the um, the training has continued. Um, you can see my, 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 my bike behind me. A lot of the, the facilities at the Olympic Training Center um, were shut down through COVID. They should be reopening pretty soon. Um, so a lot of training, um, you know, on my own, trying to find that, like, inner motivation of kind of the end goal being Tokyo and swimming when I can at, at various pools, biking on the trainer, running outside. Um, I have a little pseudo strength gym behind me. So trying to kind of keep up with the training that way. Cause I know when Tokyo does come around, it's what we do these days, which are going to matter the most. Um, and then, you know, obviously kind of keeping up with my kids, um, 
two young kids trying to balance that mom athlete lifestyle. Uh, my husband and I started a business. So we tools must prosthetics. We fit amputees with artificial limbs. We fit orthotic devices. So trying to keep up with everything, but, um, you know, it's, it's strange days. I feel like the day, I don't think we've ever, none of us have ever experienced this before. And just like everyone else, it's just kind of like taking it day by day. So, um, yeah, that's a little bit kind of about me and what I've been up to. You are not the first person I've heard of who has moved out to Colorado, uh, especially within the the past year or so. And obviously you moved for a specific purpose to be out with the, the training center, but how has that sort of impacted your overall mental health during the pandemic too? Like having that access to the outdoors and all of that. I, I mean, outdoor, like, so if I were still in Chicago, I'd be indoors on finding a treadmill. I mean, I don't own a treadmill, so, you know, gyms are imperative, but trying to figure out how to, you know, navigate things. I, I mean, here in Colorado, the being, I mean, it snowed what on Sunday and today it's like almost 60 degrees here. So, I mean, I'm going to run outside today. I mean, having that, the ability to still get outside year round is, is, is huge. And Colorado Springs, I mean, Olympic city USA is, you know, the, the term and even throughout the winter, I mean, you see these, these athletes on their bikes and running throughout the whole year. I mean, it truly is a place to be, to be an, an athlete and to get outside and to just enjoy that. And I think right now that kind of mental part of it is just more important than ever. So you're able to easily access a community of people with those same kind of goals and high standards that you have for yourself, especially when you're you're training for such a specific sport, it sounds like. Yeah, definitely. So at the training center, we have a resident team. So there's um, six other athletes who we have the same coach. We we haven't been training together, but I actually, I believe as of this Friday, yay, um, we'll be back training together. So, um, but having that team, I mean, team is so important. I mean, when I think back on my own life and, you know, losing, losing my leg over, over in Iraq and then becoming a Paralympian, I mean, I wouldn't have done any of that if it weren't for a team around me and whether that's my family, you know, friends, supporters, but really my, my teammates. I mean, I think surrounding yourself with people that have a similar goal, you, you push each other, you, you rely on each other, you lean on each other, and then you get to share on the successes with them. And the, and when you have those downtimes, they're the ones that can lift you up. So yes, team is so important. Well, when we had you back on the podcast in 2018, we asked you back then what a big goal that you had in the past was. And, you know, that's our, our signature question. So I want to kind of take that, but maybe give it a little bit of a twist since we're focusing with Sarah on triathlon today. So I would love to hear about the first time that you competed in a triathlon, what your goal was and and how you felt afterwards and just sort of reflect back on that first, that first time. Oh, my first triathlon. Goodness. That was, um, I'm trying to think, I believe that it was in 2009. Um, it was with a group called the Challenge Athletes Foundation, which is based out of California. And they bring a lot of athletes with disabilities to do, um, to, to really get into the sport of triathlon. And I knew how to swim. I swam in the 2008 Paralympic Games. So I knew how to swim. I had a bike. I had a running leg. But I mean, I, I used to think triathletes were crazy. I mean, like, who wants to swim, bike, and run all at the same time? I mean, all in the same day. I mean, it's very daunting. And then you add, you know, not having a leg on top of that. It was kind of this, um, like, what am I doing type moment. But the Challenge Athletes Foundation, so they invited me out to California. And I get there, and it's this event. Um, they're, they're, like, annual event. And there was hundreds of other athletes there that had disabilities. So 
I, w- I was so nervous because I didn't really know what to expect. I swam in the pool when I was, you know, swimming for Beijing. I didn't, I never really swam in this ocean swim with other swimmers and being on the course. And I, I, I really didn't know what to expect, but getting out there and seeing, you know, others that, that were like, like me, others missing limbs, others, you know, people in wheelchairs and visual impairments. And I thought, okay, you know, we just talked about team. Like these people are, they, they're, they were, had the same goal as, as, as I had. And at that point, the goal was just to get out there and to cross the finish line. I mean, to be a triathlete. And I think starting out in that swim, I mean, the swim was kind of my strong point and starting, you know, trying to um, really get through it as fast as I could because it was the ocean and there's sharks. So I don't like the ocean, um, but trying to get through it as quick as I could. Getting out of the swim, there's a crowd there. They're cheering you on. Getting on the bike um, and then being able to, I was just so amazed at the the teamwork. I mean, I would, every person that passed me, every time I'd go up, try to go up a, a hill, I mean, the encouragement from others. I The nerves went away so quickly because everyone was so supportive. I mean, so much encouragement. I mean, it was I was like on a high from the moment I started and then getting onto the run and the same thing. And you know what, at the end, I, I, I mean, I ended up walking pretty much probably the entire run, but when I got to the finish line, we had the crowd, you had that finish line banner, you know, I walked through it arms up overhead. And I mean, I was a triathlete. I didn't care what my time was. I didn't care if, you know, I was dead last. I mean, my goal was to cross the finish line and become a triathlete. And that day I, I did it. And I think, you know, the self-confidence it gave me of the things I'm able to do. Um, it kind of just, it showed me how much ability was in my disability. I was here on the same race course with all these other athletes that, you know, didn't have a disability. I mean, it was just, it was a moment that I'll, I'll never forget. I mean, it changed my life. I mean, obviously from then on out, I'm, you know, triathlon has become such a passion of mine and have kind of moved on from there. But that first one was, I don't think you ever forget your first one. What kind of like feelings or motivation do you take from that memory of your first triathlon when you're training now or when you're competing now? Like what is really stuck with you? You know, I think so going into it, there were so many nerves and I was like, oh, can I do it? Like swim, bike and run. How am I going to get to that finish line? And there's a little bit of doubt there. And I think you never know what you can do until you go try. I mean, haha, try, try it, try a triathlon. Um, but you never really know what you can do until you until you try it, right? So I think, you know, even now in training, my coach will give me these intervals or these paces. And I'm like, there's no way I could hit that. That's like way over over my head. But I mean, I then I try it and guess what? I I did it. So I think any doubt that you have, like turning, turning that doubt around into this like confidence that going into a workout or going into a race, like saying, I got this, like I can do this. And you know what, if you don't hit the intervals or the times, if you don't finish your race, I mean, that's okay. That happens to so many people all the time. And I think you learn something about yourself and you maybe make another goal and then you try again and you don't let that stop you. So I think what I've learned from that first triathlon is that, um, it's okay to doubt yourself, but you should also be proud of what you've done and be confident in the things you can do and never tell yourself you can't do something until you go try it. One of my favorite training uh, instructors that I've discovered during the pandemic is always saying in her classes, like, I can do hard things because I'm doing them. And like that sort of repetition sounds sort of like what you have related to. Like you might doubt yourself at first, but like, you know that you've done hard things in the past and you've come out of them a-okay. And now you're moving on. So I love that. Um, that was such a fun trip down memory lane. So 
let's take that and let's go. Um, let's talk a little bit more about now and the future. So what is a big goal that you are setting for the future? Why is it important to you? And what are you working on to get there? So, I mean, the, the, the short, well, I mean, it's short term, which is kind of crazy, but I mean, Tokyo is 2021, um, you know, going to my third Paralympic games is definitely the goal that everything is driven towards right now. And there's no, um, you know, the try, we had not had any sort of trials. The team was not announced before everything shut down for COVID. So we're kind of starting over this year. And I've taken this time, you know, this, this time that I typically wouldn't have that we had during COVID to, to keep the training up, you know, to make sure I was there. And my, um, I, I mean, it was hard to get up every morning, not knowing if these games were going to happen. Why was I getting up and getting on the bike instead of spending time with my kids, you know, and it, it wasn't easy every day, but the fact that I got up and did it, I think that that, that motivation is still there. I'm so passionate about trying to make it to Tokyo. So, I mean, the goal is Tokyo to be there, to be back on that podium. And I think I get there every day by reminding myself of that goal. I mean, it's not easy to wake up and to go. My, my days revolve around the workouts, but it's kind of like this finite time right now. And in August, it was a whole year until the Paralympic Games. But guess what? It's only like seven months now, which is crazy. So time keeps going. I need to keep you know training as hard as I can. And when we start racing again in March, just getting out there and hopefully putting down some fast times and having all my training that I did these past couple months, um, pay off. Awesome. Well, um, I'll give a spoiler here. We have a listener question about what your training regimen kind of looks like during this time as you're ramping up for Tokyo, but it is time to switch over to our new segment goals to go. Uh, and we are going to kick it over to Sarah foot here in a second, but Let's ask one more triathlon-related question to really make sure we are in the mindset. Um, how did you come to really click with triathlon training? Like, was there a moment where you were like, yes, this is for me, and I know it? Um, I think after I did I, that first race, I mean, crossing that finish line is just like, it just... I don't know that I was, I just felt invigorated by it. If that's, if that's the right term, I just felt so like on a high and I wanted to feel it again and again. And, you know, I, I've always strived to like be the best athlete I can be. I mean, if you're a competitive athlete, you want to cross that finish line first. So trying to, if training is what it took to make myself better and faster. And I think you have to enjoy the training to get out there and, and race the best. So I don't know if there's like a moment that hit me. That's like, Oh, I love training for triathlon. I mean, I love to swim the bike in a run. I wouldn't do it if I didn't love it. Um, so I think it just, it just kind of, it works. Like I enjoy it. If I, if I didn't enjoy it, I wouldn't do it. So I'm just going to kind of roll with that um, as long as I can. Awesome. Well, let's bring on our guest, Sarah Foote, come off of mute. And as you do, we would love for you to introduce yourself a little bit. And maybe you start by telling us why you are drawn to the triathlon. Like what, what makes this the goal. Um, and then I'll help intro you to Melissa and we'll kick off with your question, but let's start off with that. Well, hello. Thank you for having me. Um, you know, I don't really know what's been drawing me to do it. Honestly, I grew up competitively swimming, um, up until college and then for some reason started running with friends in college and then kind of kept going through it, um, after college up until now. And I did a marathon and I've just, 
been learning new things every time I get out there. And now I've always loved indoor cycling. And now I have, you know, the indoor bike at home. Um, and I'm obviously addicted to Peloton like everyone else is right now. Um, but I, you know, I just wanted to find something to keep pushing myself and, it's something that I know like my brother-in-law has done. He's done up to Ironman and I've seen many people I've grown up with doing it. And it's just one of those things that I love continually pushing myself and I want to keep, you know, reaching for a goal. So, and I've started to slowly stop loving my running and the long, the long runs and adding in, you know, it's been getting harder and trying to balance life. So I figured what can I do to switch this up? Because I love the competitive aspect with myself. And, um, you know, that was kind of leading me to where I am now. And so I've been, you know, continually strength training, especially in winter, I've been doing less runs outside, like a couple times a week, or I'll go in on the treadmill, um, cause we have a gym in the building and I've been really wanting to get back into swimming again. So I've been looking at pools nearby. Um, I'm lucky to have joined edge, um, athletic lounge and kind of getting into their, um, run groups. And I did that up and trained through for a half marathon over the fall and loved it. So I'm hoping to jump in in their tri group to have that sense of community and involvement. And, you know, that's where I'm kind of, I'm at right now. And obviously still looking to see what 2021 holds with, uh, you know, races. I've been literally checking the Chicago triathlon registration, like all the time seeing, okay, when's it going to open up? I'd love for that. But I know, I believe edge athlete is actually going to be, um, hosting a try this year too. So we'll see. So <laughs> we love edge athlete lounge. Um, and we yes. love Robin specifically. Um, awesome. Mm-hmm. So Sarah, you had a specific question for Melissa, so I'm going to let you ask that and I'm going to be quiet and let you guys talk. <laughs> So obviously I have a million questions as I'm, you know, jumping in this. And I think one of the main things I've been really struggling with is surprisingly the bike aspect. So, you know, growing up as a competitive swimmer and then jumping into running and being involved with that, I'm like, okay, that's great. Good to go. But then biking, I'm like completely like out of my realm. So, you know, I've been obviously more involved with the Peloton at home writing, uh, trying to get in as much as I can. But like, I just have a normal, like hybrid bike, heavy frame kind of casual riding. I mean, what would you recommend for people like me as a beginner? Like, do you recommend investing in like a tri bike right off the bat? Like, what are my options with training? Because I know it's super important to have, you know, the bike you're going to be, you know, racing in to train with. Um, but spending about two grand or so on a bike that I may or may not love it. So, you know, I, I hope that I do and I'm sure that I will, but it's a big investment up front. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, first off edge athlete lounge. I, I, I went to edge all the time when we lived in Chicago. I love edge athlete lounge. It's so <laughs> awesome. They're and their own triathlon. They just like keep stepping it up. I, I love it. Yeah. Um, please tell Robin, um, hello. Um, so I think probably the biggest, I, I feel like one of the biggest misconceptions in triathlon is that you need to have a tri like You need to have the latest and greatest wetsuit and the latest and greatest of everything. But you, you really don't. I mean, the hybrid bike that you have, I mean, when you go into a triathlon transition zone, you see 
I mean, you see bikes that have baskets on them. You see mountain bikes. You see <laughs> hybrid bikes. You see, I mean, I think in the Chicago Triad, they have the the Divi bikes. Like, you see oh, so wow. many bikes. Yeah, there's like a Divi bike wave in the Chicago Triathlon. So my, my, my personal response to that is I would absolutely not spend the money right now to invest in a tri-bike. I would, if you have a hybrid bike, you can, and I don't even think you need to train necessarily on the bike that you are going to ride in the race. Bike fitness is bike fitness. And if you get technical and detailed and into specific bike fit and, you know, wanting to be the most efficient, that's one thing. But I mean, my goal, my guess is like for you, you want to get out there. You want to, you want to do this, the triathlon. You want to see if you like it, you want to enjoy it and you get to that finish line. And it doesn't matter if it's going to be a tri bike, a mountain bike, a hybrid, it doesn't matter what kind of bike it is. You're going to be on a bike. If you train on a Peloton, you know, throughout the entire winter and you jump on your a bike once or twice outside before the race, just to kind of get those handling skills, I think you're going to be fine. And I, I was kind of with you. So biking is, it's always my weakness. It's what I need to work on the most. So therefore I don't want to do it. Right. You want to do what you're best at. Like, you don't, I don't, I like despise getting on my bike sometimes. And I find that the more that I do it, that it's almost like counterintuitive. The more that I do it, I actually kind of learn to like it. So whether it's getting on the bike, you know, I used to have these hour and a half rides I would do, you know, three times a week, but the last couple of days I've gotten on the bike for, you know, 45 minutes or an hour at a time. And it, it adds up to the same amount, but it doesn't seem as daunting to get on it. And I'm doing the same amount of time. So, um, you know, and the Peloton, I never tried it. I've heard it's amazing. I know the edge has um, bike classes you can become a part of and find that team, find that community, make it fun. So I feel like you're kind of on the right track for what you're doing. But um, my opinion is don't go buy that tri-bike. Use that hybrid bike. Do a few races. If you love it, well, then maybe you start looking for a different bike. But for right now, for the beginning, I think I think you're doing well. Great. That's good to hear. Because <laughs> we love Peloton here at Asphalt Life. <laughs> yeah. And I do have one more question, which you kind of already touched base on too, though. Um And one thing I've also learned, like looking at different training plans and everything online, how do you, you know, manage your priorities and your schedule with your normal day-to-day life? I mean, I can't even imagine having kids and you're full on training at this point. I have a dog and that's like a child enough. So (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I just always feel like I'm trying to get that energy, like, and trying to, you know, live my life too. Uh, if only there was like a few more hours in the day, right? Like an extra couple of hours that nobody <laughs> else knew about that we could do whatever we wanted with. Um, I mean, time management is, is huge. And I, I mean, I struggle with it too. It's like, it's just, I mean, you, I think you have these things that you want to, you have your goals and you want to meet these goals and there to do, to meet these goals, you have to do X, Y, and Z. And if it's a goal of yours, you're obviously very passionate about it. So we only have a certain number of hours during the day. We only have a certain amount of energy and we have to choose what we give our, 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 our energy to. So the way I do it, and this doesn't work for everybody, but I mean, I, I live by my calendar and I, I have to do it. So like before I go to bed every night, I look at the calendar for the next day and it's down to the hour. I mean, this morning it was from 8.15 to 8.45. I'll be at the training center from nine to 10. I'll be in the pool. I'll come home. I'll have breakfast with my kids. And then at 11, I'm on the call. Like it's like very detailed, like down to the minute. And it's how I, I I have to do it that way just to keep myself organized to make sure I get my training in. If it doesn't, if it ends up 
going crazy if something doesn't go as planned, which listen, life never does. So things change. And if that happens, we adapt and you work on. And if you, if you, if I have to miss a workout because, you know, my kids are sick or they have an appointment, it's not the end of the world. And I've learned that. But I mean, I think you have a certain number of hours. You have to find the time to do what you love. I mean, we have to work, we have to have an income. We want to train, we want to be social. I mean, there's all these things that you want to do. But at the end of the day, I think you have to fill your days with what makes you the happiest. And if you have a goal, you know, you want to race this triathlon and you need to get an hour in on the bike. I mean, what makes you happier to get up and get it done in the morning or to get it done at night before you go to bed, like find the things that work for you. And if it's make a schedule, if it's, you know, connect with friends to have, you're all on the Peloton together at 9am in the morning, whatever it may be, like find that. And it it just, you just kind of make it work. I mean, if you're passionate about it, you'll find a way to make it work. Love it. Thank you. Yeah. My dog is uh, lurking in the background now as well. I know. <laughs> if you notice me making really exaggerated facial reactions, it's because I'm <laughs> floofing around. Um, Sarah, thank you so much. That was an awesome conversation and discussion. Uh, I love that we all have a mutual admiration for Rob and Lalonde. Uh, and Sarah, before we let you go back to the peanut gallery, uh, do you want to plug yourself? Can we find you on Instagram? Can we give you a, a virtual high five in, on any Peloton leaderboards? What do you want to sure. share? Um, my Instagram, if you want to follow my journey in this, um, it is sfooty, S-F-O-O-T-E-Y at the end. Um, and then I'm spinny kitty on uh, Peloton. <laughs> awesome. Well, love it. we will, uh, Keep watch on your your way to your first triathlon. Uh, we wish you the best of luck. And thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank yeah, so nice much. to talk with you. I'll, I'll, I will definitely be following along. I'll be anxious to see. Yes. I might great. message you for more questions. So please do. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> Thanks. And before we all collectively go, uh, Melissa, we have a couple of listener questions that I wanted to get in. You ready? Mm-hmm. Ready. All right. So Aaron H wants to know what a day and a week in your life looks like from a training schedule standpoint. Popular question. Yes. Um, okay. So I will give the answer as though we're not in the COVID lifestyle, which um, starting next week, I should be back to full training at the training center. So so we um, we swam Monday through Friday um, every morning for an hour and a half. So from 9 to 1030. And then kind of alternate every other day between like bike run, bike run. So like, let's say Monday I have, I'll be swimming for an hour and a half. I'll come home. I'll have some lunch. I will um, go, I don't know what's on my schedule. Maybe an hour, hour run. Maybe I'll get on the bike for an hour, hour and a half. I will um, go pick my son up from school, come home. Um, My husband and I will trade off and then I will go and do strength training um, for an hour and a half. So so we probably we swim five days a week for an hour and a half. We have strength training three days a week for an hour and a half. And then I would say the I'd probably swim or bike and run an additional three days a week. And on the weekend, there's a brick, so like a bike into a run. So it's it ends up being um, probably like 15 or 16 hours of, of training um, per week. And keep in mind, we're training for a sprint distance triathlon. So our workouts are re- in the whole scheme of triathlons. Can be I can get a very decent hard workout in in an hour um, because I can get those speed that speed work in. Um, but then on top of it, I mean, I'm 40. I'm a proud 40 year old, almost 41. Um, so my body is 
aging. So I do, you know, on top of that is a lot of the sports med work. So going um, at the Olympic Training Center, we have amazing access to the best sports medicine doctors. So if my back's hurting, if my leg is hurting, I can go and get work done. I mean, every day if I need it, just to help me set up um, for, for the next day. So um, it's a good balance. I mean, any day is between, you know, one to four hours of training and, you know, you add in the travel time and the kids and the breakfast and the dinner and trying to, you know, do things like groceries and laundry and, you know, stay on top of work and speaking, whatever it may be. And the business, um, it's a busy, it's a busy life, but I feel like I thrive when it's busy and the busy life is a good life. Wow. Um, I'm exhausted listening to that. <laughs> and I would love to bestow upon you an extra four hours in your day, wherever you see fit yeah. to use them. As soon as I get that magical power, <laughs> please do. They're going straight to you. <laughs> um, th- that actually rolls really well into another question from Rochelle, who um, was really excited uh, about hearing about you going to the Paralympics in Tokyo uh, 2021. And she wanted to know um, any insider news on exciting things that'll be happening at the Olympics this summer. And, um, if anything changes in your training prep, as you ramp up closer to those Paralympics. Honestly, I wish I had insider news. I wish I had like some special news that like no one else had that was like super exciting, but, but, but I don't, we are still like, I mean, I read the news articles every day. Like everyone does on, you know, 80% of people say Tokyo is going to happen. 80% say they don't, they aren't going to happen the next day. So, I mean, what I want right now more than anything is just, just to be there. Like I want them to happen. I want fans to be able to come and to cheer us on. Um, so I don't really have any insider, you know, big news. Um, if I were to guess, I would think that the athletes would have the COVID vaccine before we go just as kind of part of it and part of going over there. Um, and then ramping up to it, it's just, you know, last year before COVID hit, I mean, like the workouts become, you know, at at a higher, um, higher aerobic threshold. I mean, I'm, I'm pushing faster paces, more Watts on, on the bike. So instead of doing the longer, just get out and run for six or seven miles, it's get out and run and do these, you know, 10 quarter mile repeats or to try to build that speed up. So definitely more speed based. Um, just trying to make it as fast as get us as fast as we can, can be, um, leading into, into Tokyo. Awesome. All right. One last question for you. Uh, and it's a good one to end on. Um, this is from Sarah S and she wants to know how COVID and this time in un- of uncertainty in sports has impacted your goals, um, both in terms of triathlon specifically and goals that you have outside of the sport. And she's wondering if you found different ways to stay motivated towards your goals. Yeah. So, I mean, these are such unprecedented times. I mean, how many times have we heard that term? And you know, so when I first heard that the Paralympics were postponed, I had this brief moment of, oh my gosh, I'm 40 years old. Can I, do I have this in me for another year? Like my husband and I have, so we started a business come August of 2020. I was supposed to be, you know, my days weren't going to be focused around training anymore. It was going to be on the business and I wouldn't be gone from my kids. Like it was going to be the kind of this big change or this brief moment of, can I do this? And then I kind of stepped back and thought, you know, I've had this goal. I moved my entire family up to Colorado Springs to pursue this goal of going to Tokyo. Another year, I mean, yes, it's a year. It can feel like an eternity, but trying to turn it around and think about, okay, it's a it's one year for my kids to grow a little bit older. And, you know, it's one, it's a year, another year for them to realize um, that we all have the opportunity to kind of dream big and, and go for these goals. So 
Um, so decided that, um, that was, I was going to, you know, keep going, try to make that goal, um, a reality. And I think what COVID has really taught me is that, you know, I think I, I, after I lost my leg, I kind of lived through this as well as like, you can't really take any day for granted. I mean, there's so much that happens in the world and we're just so thankful for ever. I mean, it sounds so cheesy, but like for everything that we have, and if you're ever going to bed at night, it's so, I feel like it's for some reason it's like innate in us that we think about, we think about the negative things that happen during our day. We think about the bad that is happening in the world and it's hard not to turn on the news and to get down from everything. But at the end of the day, what, what I've done even more so now in, in this, you know, times that we're living in is to think about the positive things. So every day when I, when I lay down at night and my kids do it too, when I'm putting them to bed, I say, tell me three really good things about your day. Instead of thinking about the bad things, I say, tell me three good things. My son will tell me three good things. And I'll say, and what are you proud of yourself today? What did you do that you're proud of today? And whether it's, I ate all my lunch to, you know, I tried to climb this rock wall, whatever it may be, or I did a Lego set. Like the point is that at the end of the day, think about those things. Think about the good that you did. Think about the positive parts of your day. What did you do that that you're that you're proud of? Because it's the and it's the smallest thing sometimes that 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 really make the biggest difference. I mean, I feel like we forget to realize a lot of times. Like we have a roof over our head. Like I can, I'm able to provide food on the table. Like I have a warm blanket if I'm cold. Like little things you don't think about. We're just so we should just be so thankful for. So I've learned to focus on the small things um, to try to turn that negativity into positivity and take each day and I mean honestly, to dream even bigger because this life is short. I mean, a lot of people know that more than others and um, might as well just go for it. That was the perfect note to end on. Um, I feel all warm and fuzzy inside. So thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you again to Sarah and Melissa. uh, It is your turn for a shameless plug. So where can we find you on the internet? Where can we keep up with you as you uh, hopefully head to Tokyo this summer? All that. Ah, shameless plug. So on Instagram and Twitter, it's just mstockwell01. And then Facebook is just Melissa Stockwell USA. And um, I do share my journey a lot on my training journey. You'll see some pretty cute pictures of my kids. Um, and hopefully a really exciting post that Tokyo is, is going to happen and, and I'm on my way. So I appreciate the follow. Awesome. Well, everyone, this was another episode of We Got Goals on the SweatLife.com production. And it's just another thing that is better with friends. And thank you to Melissa for being here. Thanks to Sarah for the fantastic question. And thanks to you, our listener, for being part of our community. One more big thanks uh, out to Ryan Deffert for editing our audio and making us sound good. And for Ryan Barayuga for creating the video version of this podcast. We will see you guys next time. Yeah, I'll sit, I'll be on the road. I'll be back. I'm just reaching for a goal. So don't be upset when I'm not around. Just know I'll be back, so no need to frown.